0: Hi, I'm Nikeo Komochi Greco, founder of Nikaeo Beauty, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense.
1: As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep, to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that Total Mom Sense. Parenting is harder than it's ever been. Not only are we managing our careers and households, we're overseeing virtual classes and homeschooling, or worrying about our kids when they're at school during this pandemic. We're all trying our best to bring normalcy and enrichment back into their lives. That's why I wanna tell you about a new brand for kids that's providing experiential fashion and is making parenting fun again. It's called Living Loudly. First, you log on to the website, livingloudly.com, and select from a variety of t-shirts that have characters on them, like Everett the Elephant or Trevor the Tiger. Made from a bamboo and organic cotton blend, the tees are super soft and retain their shape and color. That means they don't shrink in the wash. Then your child will receive a colorful capsule delivered to your doorstep. Along with their t-shirt is a story about the character to spark their imagination and a secret paper airplane hidden in every graphic. Wait, there's more. The stories are written on seed paper that you can rip up into little pieces and plant in potting soil. Now your kids can enjoy a fun science experiment and tend to their very own garden of wildflowers. You can save the capsule to collect small toys or recycle it because it's 100% biodegradable. To recap, your kids will love reading the story, planting the wildflowers, and rocking their new t-shirt. Now that's so sustainable and oh so fun. Buy one, get one 30% off with my promo code MOMSENSE30 in all caps. Your adventure awaits. Today's episode is about how beauty is skin deep. According to catalyst.org, women of color will be the majority population in the US by 2060. Isn't it incredible to think our world population has evolved so much? I'm excited to chat with my guest today, who is an accomplished Black entrepreneur in the global beauty industry. We're going to cover colorism and racism in society, how brands are changing the narrative to accommodate all ethnicities and embrace a full range of skin tones, how to support Black Lives Matter, and she'll share her favorite products with us for every season. Nikeo Kamoche Grico is the founder of Nikeo, an award winning collection of prestige skincare products inspired by beauty secrets she discovered through her family, friends, and world travels. Her interest in beauty, coupled with a yearning to be an entrepreneur, prompted Nakeo to thoroughly research the cosmetics industry, leading her to the realization that while many cultures were represented, the sophistication of Africa was missing. She decided to not only fill the void in the market but also honor her heritage by bottling Africa's timeless beauty traditions, as well as traditions from across Asia, Europe, and India. Nikeo's authentic story and her one-of-a-kind products, which are must-haves of Hollywood's elite, provide an enriching and luxurious experience that leaves the skin more youthful looking. Their products are available at Target.com. Nikeo lives in Los Angeles with her husband, renowned sculptor David Grigo, daughter Lulu, son Rocco,
0: and their dog, Summer.
1: I'm so, so happy to have you on the show.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yes, I want to give my listeners a little backstory. Nakeo and I first came into contact since we're still in this COVID world, so virtually. um, Mm -hmm. And she was here for the diversity and beauty panel that I moderated for Hey Mama. And she and I have had many conversations since, and she's been a mentor figure and Mm -hmm. someone I admire. So I'm so, so happy to have this conversation with you today.
0: Oh, thank you. I am so honored as well. And I've loved getting to know you during, it's amazing, you know, making new friends during COVID when we're doing it all virtually. And so I'm so, so excited for you and so honored to be a part of your podcast. Thank
1: you. Thank you. So you're a first generation American and your family is originally from Kenya. So mm-hmm. tell us about, you know, your global childhood.
0: Oh, so I was actually born in New York. My parents Both Kenyan met here in the United States they both went to college here. So my dad went to Amherst College, my mom went to Syracuse, and they met here on the East Coast. And I was raised in upstate New York, Buffalo, Syracuse area, and then New Jersey until I was nine. And then I moved to Oklahoma. So dramatic difference from the East Coast to the middle of the country in Oklahoma. But my father started the African Studies program at the University of Oklahoma. So that's what took us from New York to Oklahoma. And, you know, growing up, I really lucky to have parents that really instilled in me the need to learn about places, not just in our own backyard, but to really honor our heritage, our Kenyan heritage, as well as teach me about so many other places around the globe so i'd say they were you know my original explorers as a little girl i had the opportunity to go to kenya where i got to meet my grandparents and spend time with my cousins that i wasn't necessarily growing up with here in the states and my grandmother who was a kenyan coffee farmer also named nikeo i was named after her taught me my first beauty secrets using kenyan coffee and sugarcane from her farm to exfoliate my skin when i was 8 years old so Obviously, that moment in time really kind of impacted what's now the rest of my life. Wow.
1: And so would you say you've been an entrepreneur your whole life, but the discovery of Nikeo as a brand and really your calling came later?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely had an entrepreneurial spirit. I think I mentioned to you when we were on the panel that I begged when I was in third grade for this nail polish making kit and begged and begged. And my mom didn't want to get it because it had a lot of glitter involved. It was the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I finally convinced her, I think it was my birthday, to get me this nail polish making kit. And I immediately went to work, you know, developing all of these fun and interesting nail polish concoctions For all my friends, and then decided, you know, at that point that I was going to turn it into a business and sell nail polishes. And, you know, I was always the first to be like, let's have a lemonade stand, let's have a bake stand, let's have a car wash. It wasn't even necessarily about the money. It was like, I liked the idea of just like putting these businesses together to fill my time. And so, yeah, I think that part of me as a child was definitely answering the call. And then you know, when I got into college and even, you know, my young adult life, I felt it, but I didn't really, at that time, really tap into the confidence to go for it. But I always thought about it. That's
1: amazing. Tell us a little bit about the milestones in your career up until then.
0: Yeah. So when I graduated, I was a business major at the University of Oklahoma, business marketing major. When I graduated, I moved to Los Angeles. I had come out here on spring break. My senior year with. sorority sisters and just fell in love with the beach and the palm trees and the sunshine. And as a kid, I wasn't really allowed to watch a lot of TV and movies. And so I really savored that time. You know, definitely Kenyan parents that were like, read a book, don't watch a lot of television and movies. And so I was fascinated by them. I think that's kind of how it works for a lot of my friends that have grown up culturally with first generation that seem to be a, a rule across all cultures. Not a lot of TV, read books. Yes. So, yeah. I can I relate love, to that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 and I love to read, but definitely had limited television and movie experience. And so... You know, as I got older, I just loved it. And so when I moved to LA, I either wanted to work in sports or work in movies and ultimately got a job at a large talent agency right after college and kind of worked my way up as an assistant for several years, really leading into the representation side of the business. I loved working with actresses, but, you know, what I found that I loved the most was more of the fashion and beauty aspect of Hollywood and not necessarily the script reading and movie making. At that point, though, I really felt that as much as I loved beauty and fashion, that the continent of Africa was very underrepresented in both beauty and fashion and and being a beauty lover and a lover of all things products and having these family beauty secrets that I had been making a lot of my own things. That's where I decided to lean in and to start a brand that would start, you know, really celebrate the sophistication of Africa, but also help people to understand that Africa was not just what maybe we were seeing at those times in you know, the early 2000s, more kind of kitschy and animal prints and, and things. And it was, you know, I really wanted to focus on the beautiful resources and efficacious ingredients that came from that continent to treat the skin. So I did it. I made my grandmother's coffee scrub and started a business. That is incredible.
1: And did you have any foundation before you kind of walked away from the corporate America life, like whether it was seed money or um, how did you get started?
0: Yeah. So I did not, and I did not have the money to start the brand on my own. So I did, I had to raise. And in the beginning coming as I was 27 years old, I was young. um, I knew that, you know, raising VC or private equity money was going to be pretty tough and naively, and I and I'm actually grateful for that naivete. In the beginning, I didn't realize how few black women were being funded in business. I had an idea, I decided I wanted to go for it. And I knew that it was going to take a little bit of capital to get there. And so I kind of didn't have that standing in my way. And and so for that I'm I'm grateful because it didn't deter me from the goal. So I, I went the angel route. I told some people what I wanted to do and they told some people and they told some people. And, and so through friends and family connections, I was able to raise um, the first round so that I could actually get the product to market.
1: Would you say that, you know, being a woman of color, so A, woman and B, of color, was that more challenging?
0: Yes, it was definitely more challenging. What I found to be the most challenging was that I couldn't find a lot of women that looked like me. As opposed to being deterred from it, and it was, yes, definitely challenging. I definitely didn't have people like running to write me checks to start a business. But I also looked at it as an opportunity to have a point of difference. You know, I was entering an industry that was very saturated. And while it was an incredible time for indie beauty, you know, there were brands like Stila and Hard Candy. I decided to take that adversity... And use it as a positive. And there weren't a lot of people playing in ingredients in Africa. So that was a point of difference. I was actually basing the brand off of true family recipes. And that wasn't really being done a lot, you know, people telling a story about their grandmother. I wanted to launch into the boutique world because that's all I could really afford to launch into. So I wasn't like, clamoring to get into the big department stores, I couldn't afford that with the amount of capital that I raised. So while well, you know, I launched here at Fred Siegel in LA and in New York, and kind of filled in the rest of the country by finding the best of the best in each of the cities that were interested in curating new brands, interested in telling founder stories. So you know, while it was difficult because I didn't have a lot of women that I could look to to say, how do I do this and help me kind of navigate, I kind of threw myself into a giant pool and figured it out. Yes.
1: And now you work with Sundial. Mm -hmm. Uh, So tell us about that holding company and what it's like working with them.
0: Yeah, it's great. You know, I joined Sundial in 2016. At the time, Sundial was family owned and operated and you know, for me, it was actually one of the first you know iterations. My brand has had many iterations, starts and stops. Um, one of the first times that I had gone to work for a black-owned company, or my brand and I joined a black-owned company, and so with that came a certain level of comfort and being seen. And I definitely have learned so much about kind of the ethos of the, of the Sundial brands and Shea Moisture. Their key business is now um, women-led. Sundial sold to Unilever in 2017, which was about five months after I launched Nikeo with Sundial. So, you know, a lot of different exciting transitions and changes, and and you know, for me to be a woman who started a beauty brand out of my apartment, and now to be a black female founder at Unilever, there's been some incredible key learnings and opportunities. And you know, I'm still a very, very, very tiny brand um, because of this relationship. Having just recently gotten the opportunity. To launch into what has always been my dream retailer at Target. And so now, Nakao, right before COVID, I launched at Target.com.
1: Yes, yes. And it's such an incredible feat that you have achieved. Um, so kudos you. to you. You know, Thank it just it took Thank a lot you. of hard, and hard work. So being at Target, you know, I love that it's a mass retailer because mm-hmm. this should be your brand isn't aspirational, it should be readily available mm-hmm. to anyone and everyone. Nice. So, is that always the idea?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I started out in high-end boutiques. I did a couple of years stint with my brand on HSN. And then I, you know, ended up here with the company now and at Target and, and it was always the end goal. You know, Nikkeo is considered a premium assortment of products. But, you know, even at having a premium brand, you know, that I also sell askew at goop, having that premium word attached to it really stands for the efficacious ingredients that we spend money to source from around the globe and do it in an ethical and a sustainable way that that leads it to a certain price point. That being said, when you look at other brands in my same premium category and space, many of them are much more expensive. So because we were able to keep costs down by manufacturing in-house and and being really selective about less is more as far as not needing to add too much in to get the efficacy that we, we want for the SKUs. I'm able to keep the price point between $20 and $45. And you know, being at Target, you know, to your point, yeah, it, for me, it was... I don't want my products to only sell in a place where people who look like me don't even shop. That just never made sense to me. And not only did I want to be somewhere where I felt like the brand would be accessible to all... I also wanted to be at a retailer that I felt really cared and nurtured um, not only the black and brown guests, but the black and brown founders and, and people who who lead these brands, that they really wanted inclusivity to be a part of their DNA. And I feel like Target, you know, while we can all do more, Target has really been doing that for quite some time and, and really answering the call to do more and, and be more and I'm happy to be there and, and selling online and hopefully in stores one day soon. Yes, we are too. Tell us about the product line. So um, as I mentioned, you know, it's based on my family beauty secrets, but as well as the beauty secrets of my friends and my family. We ethically and sustainably source these ingredients from 13 different countries around the globe and the real ethos of the brand is that beauty comes from the inside out. And how do we enhance our own natural beauty? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, while we have products that will help to minimize things like fine lines and wrinkles or help to, you know, give your skin, it's natural glow helps with dryness and irritation. You know, for me, when it comes to beauty, I think beauty really just means living in your purpose and letting the best version of you shine to the outside world. And so that work is done on the inside. And so I feel like any beauty products are really just there to enhance your natural beauty.
1: Mm-hmm. Walk us through some of the best sellers.
0: Yeah. So our top sellers are our face oils. I have three different face oils within the brand. They all have cold-pressed oils that come from Africa. And the reason that we cold-press the oils is the same reason that you don't put your vegetables in the microwave. When they are cold-pressed, you are able to uh, maintain the integrity and the highest vitamin content of the oils. And you know, no two oils are exactly the same. So within my line, we have three oils. One is an anti-aging oil. So that one's really used for a restorative when you go to bed at night. Some people like to use it morning and night, like my mom, I use it at night. Those oils are really formulated to help you minimize fine lines and wrinkles, help your skin to regenerate and has a lot of restorative properties to take you to that natural glow. We have brightening oil and that's got marula. Marula is an anti-aging ingredient from South Africa and that one has marula and neroli. So you think about that vitamin C, it's like kind of our answer to a vitamin C serum. Mm -hmm. And then our number one selling oil is a maracuja and yangu oil that is naturally colored green. And when you add green to any redness, it helps to minimize redness. So it's got incredible oils in there to help with dry and irritated skin. Some of the best feedback I get from guests is that they are prone to irritation and breakouts and that oil save their skin. A lot of people with oily skin are People who are prone to breakouts are scared to use oil, but you have to use oil to fight oil. Um, As we age, we lose oils. We need to feed oil back into our skin. And if we have overproductive oily skin, we're more prone to irritation and breakouts. And so we have to balance the oil back out in our skin. And then we've got things like my grandmother's Kenyan Coffee face polish, which is available in our starter kit. We have a sweet almond cleansing balm where we source the almonds from Spain. Packed with antioxidants, amazing way to melt your makeup off and everything is clean and green and, you know, just good for you ingredients. Okay.
1: You know, in the early 90s that we saw, you know, models like Naomi Campbell and Iman Grace Runways, and now we have more and more women of color that we're seeing. They're not as ubiquitous as they should be, but we're seeing more. Right. Why do you think that this segment was overlooked for so long and why there's still a colorism
0: that exists in society? I wish I had the answer. It literally makes zero sense to me. I mean, I look at women, all women as such beautiful creatures, nurturers, change makers. When women come together, we mobilize and miracles happen. And so it's not about the color of our skin. I think, you know, where I feel encouraged and where I feel hopeful is that when we shine a light on things that need to be changed, um, that exposure, stamps out the dark and and brings the light. And so, where I feel encouraged, where I feel like we've come a long way in inclusivity has happened because there's just been more eyeballs and more exposure and and things like social media, more voices telling the story about how it's wrong. We should be celebrating all women and celebrating our natural beauty and people getting getting the education that they need to understand where where these problems that way of living is it's not sustainable. So, you know, we're in a really rough spot right now with this big flashlight and exposure happening. I really, truly feel hopeful for the future and and the future of our kids and their kids. It's not going to be celebrated hatred anymore. It's going to be called out in a a way that it'll silence the hatred. And so for that, I feel great, even though we're ripping off the band-aids and it hurts a lot right now. I do feel really, really encouraged about the change that is coming and that has to come.
1: Yes, absolutely. What brands do you mm-hmm. think are serving people of color best?
0: Gosh, I mean there's so many incredible black female founded, brown female founded, black male founded, brown male founded, and even brands that aren't people of color right. founded that I think I think like off the top of my head, I think Nike is doing an incredible job and has been doing an incredible job for a really long time not being afraid of consumer blowback when they stand up for what's right. I think obviously brands like Fenty and, and Pat McGrath and Briogeo and Shea Moisture and brands that are community-driven brands, they're about how do we make the biggest impact to help elevate our black and brown communities and so those brands specifically i think that beyond the products that they're putting out there that it feels to me that that is their intention and their mission and um i know wishing moisture i see it at work every day it's about moving the needle for change like products are great and stories are wonderful but you know what are we doing to help level the playing field for all exactly brands like that are doing a great job yes With the Black
1: Lives Matter movement that has really taken over now, how are you having conversations with your kids
0: um, about Mm. it? Yeah, I mean, we're just having really, really honest conversations. You know, obviously my kids are 14 and 9. So, you know, subject matter based on their ages. You know, my daughter will go into a little bit more detail about things that obviously I don't want to scare my son with. But one thing that as a family is that we leave the space open for the questions. You know, whatever questions you have, whatever questions you have about your own life, whatever questions, you know, my little boy asked me, they haven't been out of the house much, obviously, because we're in LA and and we're still pretty much sheltering at home. And there was a day that he kind of ran around with me driving in the car just to get him out of the house. And he noticed, you know, he's nine, all the Black Lives Matter. And he said, mommy, how come it all says Black Lives Matter? Don't all lives matter? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, Rocco, It is true that all lives matter, but right now it's very, very important for us to focus on Black Lives Matter because if all lives really mattered, we wouldn't even need Black Lives Matter. So that's why, because there's some people that just don't get it and they have to learn and they have to do the work. So we have to keep reminding them that Black Lives Matter you know, with my daughter, she's, you know, she's on TikTok, she's on Snapchat, you know, 14 and a half. It's it's a real game. Um, (laughs) But it's been beautiful to, and so empowering and encouraging to see her and her generation of strong females with big feelings and large opinions and, they do not stand for people trying to speak ill of them, their skin, them being females. Like, I am so happy that my daughter and her friends are going to be voters in four years. I we went to a march for Breonna Taylor fully masked and, you know, kind of on the outskirts of this park. And it was just this peaceful, beautiful protest. And, you know, she's passionate. And I love being able to experience watching my teenage daughter become an activist. It's like the greatest gift as a parent to see wow. that, that power and passion in your children. And so, you know, while this is all tough and there's been a lot of tears in this house um, from all of us, it's, it's also like really, really beautiful. And, and, you know, even with the challenges of COVID and being in the position that we are now, it's almost like this opportunity to just slow down has just made all our eyes open a little bit wider. And so, yeah, I'm just keeping the faith, keeping the hope as much as I can. Yes.
1: Yes, absolutely. Can you tell us about a mom sense moment that you've had in your life? Yes,
0: well, my husband and I decided like a year after we got married, we wanted to try and, and start a family. I got pregnant with my daughter very quickly. And at the time we had these dreams of grandeur that we we're going to have three or four kids. You know, they are all going to be two years apart, and, you know, all the playing that you do in your mind as parents. And, and so when Lulu was two, we decided to start trying again. And, and it just wasn't, we were not having the same success um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with fertility. And it was years, years and years and years of trying to conceive for a second time or stay pregnant. And so after about two and a half years, when I was like, my body can't take this anymore. Like I just need a break. Well, think of alternative means. And, you know, we have a healthy daughter. We're blessed. I want her to grow up with siblings. I, you know, all of those kinds of internal things that you go through when you're having a fertility struggle. As a mom, I just decided to take a break. And during that break, I did a very like kind of deep cleanse. I... Took a soul journey. I went on a trip by myself. Like, I just needed to kind of wrap my head around the fact that my plans were not going to be the plans that I'd planned for. Mm -hmm. But instinctually, I knew that somehow, some way, whether it was adoption, whether I decided to do fertility again, I just knew with my entire being that there was another baby that was coming. And After I'd gone through all of, you know, kind of cleansing, acceptance, that was a big part of it. Six months later, naturally pregnant with my son. I think it was just listening to my gut telling me to just be patient. That was one of the most kind of liberating experiences. When I found out I was, I didn't even believe I was pregnant with him for the first like three weeks. But when, when I knew, and I saw that heartbeat, I was like, oh yeah, I always knew. I always knew. (sighs) That's amazing. And
1: here we are, and Rocco's 9 Mm-hmm. Nine <laughs> years
0: old. Yes. Oh, wow. wow.
1: Let's not forget our quote of the day. So one thing I love asking my guests is a quote that you live
0: by. Yes. So it's a Maya Angelou quote. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Maya Angelou. She is so definitely somebody I'm quoting often, but this quote says my mission in life is not merely to survive, but to thrive and to do so with some passion, some compassion, some humor, and some style.
1: My Ooh, I have not heard that one. And it's so on point. It's now time for mom hall. When we share products we love. So is there a product or app or gadget, really anything under the sun that, that you are loving right now that you want to share with the audience?
0: Yes. So 10% Happier. I've been using that app. It's a meditation app and it's been a quarantine lifesaver because okay. while I'm a pretty avid meditator, quarantine has like definitely been challenging for most habits. So absolutely loving 10% Happier. One of my favorite ways to relax is one of my favorite brands in the whole wide world is 21 Seeds tequila brand. And it's this amazing tequila brand founded by three women. And it's all naturally infused tequila. And so where I don't like flavored drinks, this is just naturally infused with real fruit. So like my favorite flavor is cucumber jalapeno. And then they Mm -hmm. have like a Valencia orange. They have a grapefruit hibiscus. And if you just mix a little bit of that with soda water, it's less than a hundred calories. So that's been my like quarantine mommy juice. And then I've been really into, I follow him on Instagram, but I also have the book um, Young Pueblo. I've been following Young Pueblo, his quotes, his poetry. It's so beautiful. It's so moving. It's so timely. And he's got an amazing book that I bought for all my friends. And just, yeah, follow him on Instagram. He's amazing. Yes. Yes, we will do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share
1: my mom haul for this week. So it is Honeypot and it's Feminine Care, mm-hmm. also available at Target like uh, Micao is. I want to read you this excerpt from the founder B. Dixon. She writes, if you're here because your Honeypot is unhappy, I've been there. The whole reason I started the Honeypot Co. was because I was suffering from bacterial vaginosis for months and couldn't get relief. So one night, an ancestor visited me in a dream and gifted me with a vision to heal myself. And with her help, I created the Honey Pot Co. to solve for what other brands wouldn't, using the power of herbs. And she has feminine wipes, washes, um, 100% organic tampons, and maxi pads as well. And it's it's great. I, I love it.
0: Uh, it is great. I know B. She's great. She's an amazing, amazing founder. Powerful girl
1: love
0: it where can my listeners find you and Nikao beauty um, so you can find me on instagram at nikeo beauty n-y-a-k-i-o beauty or facebook nikeo beauty twitter nikeo beauty and then linkedin and how can we um support you and your mission Oh my goodness. Well, definitely one of the ways that you can help to support my mission if you have the means is to give to Girls Inc. Um, I am on the board of Girls Inc. Los Angeles as well as a mentor. And Girls Inc. is an organization, a global or or national organization that helps young girls to be strong, smart, and bold through curated after-school programming. Right now, curated Zoom programming. But I love it. I love those girls. I believe in them. They come from mostly those socioeconomic uh, communities and you know by just inspiring them to believe in themselves and they do they are strong they are smart they are bold would be a great gift to what i believe my mission is which is to inspire the next generation of female bosses as well as to shop nikeo beauty at target.com and to shop other black-led black-founded black owned businesses because by giving to our businesses and helping to support and buy our amazing products you also help us to give back to the community and level the playing field absolutely so well said okay. thank you thank you for being on the show you thank really you. are a testament to what it means to be beautiful on the inside Oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored and I loved our combo. And I'm so proud of you for building this platform. And thank you for allowing me to come share myself
1: with you today. Isn't Nikeo amazing? I'm so fortunate to have gotten to know her and have her as a guiding light in my life. Her products are clean and natural, and somehow they transport me to where they originate from be it South Africa, Peru, or India. My faves are the Kenyan Coffee Body Scrub and Baobab Lip Balm. So check out her line, Nakeo Beauty, the next time you're at Target. And as we all know, if you're a mom, you live there. (laughs) Nakeo is disrupting the beauty industry in a big way with not just her brand, but also she is now the co-founder along with Patrick Herning of an e-commerce destination focused on black and brown beauty brands called 13luna.com. Spearheaded by the Black Lives Matter movement, Nikeo says that she aims to elevate black founders and address the much bigger issue of alleviating systemic racism by building generational wealth in the community. She says, we've long been purchasers of products created by owners who are not Black. Our support positively impacts their bottom line, but this support did not swing back to build Black communities and entrepreneurs, and we deserve to have a voice and the same opportunity. So that's why they created 13Luna to highlight brands and founders who for far too long have been neglected in terms of capital and retail partnerships. Nakeo says, 13 Luna fosters this allyship in an authentic way and with a platform in which non-Black owned brands can find them and speak with them. And we can all come together in a way that shows true partnership and community. <laughs> and she ends with, we can come together. And this was from an article on 13 Luna in Cosmopolitan, if you want to check it out. Follow Nakeo at Nakeo. N-Y-A-K-I-O, Nikeo Beauty, and 13 Luna. That's 13 spelled out L-U-N-E. And of course, follow me on Instagram to keep up with my show and my incredible guests that share their stories. That's at Kanika Gupta. And my podcast community is at That's Total Mom Sense. If you're loving the content, leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Google, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Good Pods. We are everywhere. Remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. Bye. (laughs) That's total mom sense.